Hello, and you're very welcome to Mind You, where I dive into how different people use different ways to self-care. I'm Brian Barnes from Brian Barnes Wellbeing, where I partner with people to create unique wellbeing solutions. Today, I'm delighted to talk to Lisa Shannon. Lisa has a huge passion for minding and serving others, especially through her work in parenting and childhood trauma and through her work as a rapid transformation therapist. So Lisa, you're very welcome to Mind You and thank you so much for talking to me today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a real privilege to be here, Brian. Thank you. Thanks, Lisa. And just to start off, could you tell me a bit about yourself, please? Yeah, so I am actually a barrister turned therapist and um, I suffered from depression for over 30 years and during that time I trained in many therapies over so CBT um, therapist, I became counsellor, I, I studied NLP and I could never kind of fix myself. Because what I didn't realise was that I wasn't broken. I was completely okay. I just had some broken experiences. And once I discovered hypnotherapy and I was able to um, to sort out that what I perceived at the time to be brokenness, um, it just gave me a massive passion really to be able to pass that on to other people. Because when you've suffered in that way for 30 years, you kind of feel like, you know, and that you've looked death in the eye, I have to say as well, you know, I just felt quite invincible and I still do. And so that's um, so that's what I do. I support parents who kind of feel like that they might be something, you know, in their childhood that they want to deal with, but they're not really quite sure what or they're very angry and they don't really understand why. And so I support them to be um, so I support them really to deal with that childhood trauma so they can leap confidently into parenthood and be the best parents that they can amazing because I suppose we know now you know a lot of adulthood goes back to childhood trauma a lot of problems in adulthood and in mental health most mental illnesses go back to childhood trauma yeah when we're just like sponges until we're seven aren't we and so we're just taking you know and our blueprint is whatever we see our parents do and the problem is if our parents are just doing what they saw their parents do and they just do what they saw their parents do what happens is we end up with kind of generational wounds that come through so whereas a belief that a family might have had three generations ago say around food and scarcity for example um, you know, it might have been appropriate then, but it definitely isn't now. And so, you know, we end up with this kind of obesity crisis because we still have those beliefs passed down from generation to generation that food is scarce and must eat everything. We don't know where the next meal's coming from. And, you know, so quickly that can that can be unraveled. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. And have you heard of that experiment about the, the chimpanzees and there's a, a ladder? And they have, I think, let's say four chimpanzees and someone at the top of the ladder, this is an experiment, throws down a bucket of water and wets the chimpanzees so they don't go up the ladder and there's food up the ladder. And they swap out the chimpanzees for different chimpanzees and one by one. And even though after they've swapped out the four original chimpanzees for new ones, they still don't go up the ladder. Like it's that shared experience that they've obviously passed it on to not go up the ladder. So, you know, even though the four kind of newly 
swapped in chimpanzees, they still don't go up. So it's really kind of passed the baton intergenerational, isn't it? And it is, and it's that trauma and that's traumatic imprint. You know, for the chimpanzees, it's quite a serious thing because the food is at the top of that ladder. But, you know, they're too fearful of going up to get that food, you know, and fear that false evidence appearing real for them. Um, and it stops them doing it. It's a block for them, isn't it? So it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. So Lisa, and um, let's say looking at how you mind others, like just to dive into, you know, how, how you mind others, let's say on a day-to-day basis. So on a day-to-day basis, I think that I am a supporter, um, very mm-hmm. much in a supporting role. And I've spoken to somebody actually about this this morning. They're asking me about what role I kind of play. Um, I think I am a supporter. I am highly sensitive, which used to be, something that I was always criticised for. I came from, um, as you know, I've got an Irish Catholic background. So, you know, um, I was always too sensitive. I was very strictly brought up. Um, And, and, you know, in work, I was always too sensitive. I was very, very too sensitive, I have to say, there's such a thing for the court. (laughs) But now that I do this, kind of being sensitive is my superpower. And so I'm able to tap into people's energy and understand and see quite often how they're, feeling before they even realize sometimes themselves wow and that's a big superpower to have I think so and I am embracing it so I'm no longer there's no such thing I don't think as being too sensitive anyway but being highly sensitive is now my superpower and if it's not I'm making it so (laughs) absolutely a big you've got an s remember the superman the s (laughs) that you have s for super for uh sensitive yeah indeed indeed and Lisa, your work as a rapid transformation therapist, just tell us a bit more about that, please. Yeah, so it's a combination of hypnotherapy and CBT and NLP. So people often say to me, you know, you wasted all that money and all that training. Because I started training in 2002, really. And I suppose at different times, I kind of thought, oh, I'm going, I'm training at something again. Because I never thought, you see, it was um, anything that the therapist had done I just thought that I was too broken so I kept thinking well if I learn how to do it I'll be able to fix me um but the beauty of that is now none of that was wasted um Mm -hmm. I never really felt it was wasted at the time but it definitely isn't because I bring that now to my practice so whereas I might use hypnotherapy and RTT kind of for the main session, the follow-up sessions that we do are very much CBT and NLP based. And I bring people from, and it's just, a, it's a 28 day program that I do. So I bring them from being, as one lady described this week, she came to me very angry. And by 28 days, that anger just completely dissolved. And she couldn't even remember what it was that used to make her that angry. Yeah. Which is amazing. That's life changing. And it is life changing, but not just for her. It is for her two daughters too. Yes. And their kids and their kids again and on and on. And that's it. And for her, there was very much a generational belief that had been passed down around perfection. Yes. Yeah. Because I suppose that baton that we talked about, that can either be, that can be negative, which can lead to you know, um, mental illness and fears and, you know, difficulties in life, or it can be a positive baton and it can lead to positivity and, you know, um, having a more positive outlook on the world and yourself. 
Yeah, but you see, Brian, as you and I both know, we haven't moved much from our primitive brains, have we? We haven't really evolved as humans. So actually, we're on the lookout all the time for the negative. And that's the stuff, isn't it, that sticks to us like Velcro. And the good stuff just glides off us like Teflon. And so it tends to be the negative stuff, really, that gets passed down. Yeah, well, it's that negative bias. I tell clients about, you know, the cavemen. Let's say there was 100 berries out in the savannah if there was 100 berries to eat and 99 were good healthy berries and one was a poisonous berry like those guys are looking out for the poisonous berry you know they're they're not they're not focused on the 99 good berries it's the one poisonous berry that can kill them so uh, that whole negative bias as you said, like it, it, that's what sticks like Teflon. And that was, you know, that was great in those times, wasn't it? Because that kept people safe because then when they're on the well, lookout for that, they're not going to... Survival, yeah. Yeah, but the problem is that we've not updated our thinking in this time. Exactly. And, you know, we're not still in those places of danger. And so that's kind of, it's upgrading our thinking, isn't it? We plug our iPhones in all the time, but how often do we kind of plug ourselves and do the updates? We don't unless we start to do this work ourselves. Exactly, exactly, absolutely. Well, and Lisa, thank you so much for sharing with me about your work in serving and supporting others in your use of rapid transformation therapy and your amazing toolkit that you've been building, which, as you said, you use kind of on a regular basis so thank you so much for that and could you tell me now how you mind you well I've got quite a radical idea really about self-care so I love the idea of hot baths and candles it's a lovely lovely idea but when I was really depressed and I probably I realize now looking back spent a year in crisis And I took hot baths every single day and I lavished the most expensive body lotion all over my body, thinking I was doing the right thing. (laughs) And I was very disappointed, of course, when it didn't work, because really I needed something a bit more radical than that. So this is what I've learned. And this is actually what I put into practice still now. So I do things like I will remove myself from situations that I know that I'm not aligned to. So and that can be, you know, that can be quite dramatic. That can be from, you know, from um, clients. I won't take clients on being in groups, being in work situations. If I don't feel like I'm aligned to it, I just look after me. It's my ultimate self-care. I'll just remove myself from it. Um, I also mute group chats (laughs) so if anybody's in a whatsapp group with me and is listening to this now and they think I don't respond very much I'm sorry I've probably got you on mute because sometimes sometimes we can find ourselves pulled into those conversations that aren't always helpful so that's something that I am that's something that I do quite regularly and the other thing that is huge for me is I look at my to-do list And even now, and even this morning, I've looked properly at my to-do list to make sure that everything on there is something that is meaningful and that I, you know, I have a proper purpose for because quite often, and I know that I'm so guilty of this in the past, and, you know, from time to time it still happens, I fill my to-do list with things to avoid feeling and to avoid situation that I don't want to have to face. And I know that about myself. So that's something that um, that I have to do. And I have to be really strict with myself um, in doing that. And the last thing um, is I limit my consumption of the news, Brian. 
<laughs> I just make sure that I just know what I need to know and the rest I choose to leave. Absolutely. Me too. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of people are just addicted to the news and it's so depressing and it's so and research tells us this that the more news you watch the lower your mood is oh yeah 100 percent. and i saw it happen with my um one of my daughters myself at the beginning of the pandemic and um, but it's all those words that are being used around you know we're um self-isolating we're shielding you know it's all those all those words give us a physical effect in our body, don't we? Don't they? And then, you know, yes. they produce a chemical. The chemical goes straight to our mind. And, you know, before we know it, we just end up, you know, back back down low. And so, yeah, so I just um, I just limit the consumption. And quite often I don't even watch it. And I just think somebody will tell me if I'm breaking a rule. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And any, any kind of big major news like you know if there's aliens coming like you're going to hear about yeah, it you, know, I'm not... you don't have to be you don't have to be glued to bbc or channel four to hear that you know yeah and both my girls are key workers so i kind of feel like you know it's their business to be um up to date with what i can and what i can't do so i just refer to them and ask them is it okay if i do this and apparently i'm allowed yeah. to go for a walk with six people in a few weeks so that's exciting brilliant <laughs> That's 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 a very positive thing. That's that's really good self care. It is and how to find six people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to, you'll have to get back on that WhatsApp group chat. I will. <laughs> to get six people. Brilliant. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for sharing with me about how you mind others and how you mind you. And again, using that amazing toolkit that you've built up over the years um, to again to mind others and to mind you and Lisa where can people find you? Uh, they can find me my website is lisa at lisashannon.co.uk and um, I'm also on Instagram lisa the dot the Shannon and um, I'm also on Facebook lisa Shannon so um yeah so just if anybody wants to connect with me I would love to have a conversation Brilliant, brilliant. Lisa, thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing how you mind you and best of luck with everything that you do in the future. Oh, same to you, Brian. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Mind You. And I hope you've learned about the benefits of holistic self-care. Please like, subscribe and follow Mind You Podcast wherever you listen to it. And please share it so we can keep the ripple effect of holistic self-care going out to the world. You can find me and Mind You at brianbarneswellbeing.com.